girl's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. I was just in a mad rush to turn my phone off. Like, you know when an airline attendant sees you still with Mm -hmm. your phone on just before takeoff and they give you that look, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we can make you disappear over the Pacific look? Mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm. that's just what I was... And it still won't turn off. Ah, also here's the story of your sex life. (laughs) (laughs) You rushing to get there before the climax with a disapproving look. (laughs) I think you meant I just can't get it to turn off. (laughs) There is also that. Oh my God, this week's episode... Brought to you by Malibu and pineapple and questionable life choices. Woo! One half of the podcast (laughs) is brought to you by Malibu and pineapple juice and questionable life choices. I have questionable life choices and I'm sober. I'm drinking (laughs) Earl Grey tea with artificial sweetener. Oh, make it so. Oh, can you imagine being on the fucking Enterprise and someone ordered a drink that boring? Like, get fucked. No, I know. Like, no, no. Um, like Jean-Luc Picard can do it and can pull it off. Yeah. Like you and I can't do it without Earl everyone Grey going. Tea, number one. Yeah, you and I do it. They'd be like pretentious twat. Yeah. Oh my god. No, we got um Lou decided that she wanted some Malibu and pineapple. And me, the ten year sober one, had to go drive and buy you this children's Woo! booze. And that's why your relationship works. <laughs> I, I, oh my lord, I told you about uh, Malibu when my house got broken into, the Malibu and the crackhead story. (laughs) For for our listeners, my home got broken into, what is it, about a year and a half? About that, yeah. Now, yeah, basically, you know, I came home, they'd smashed in the kitchen window, came in, ransacked my house, terrorised my cat. Um, FYI, the police still haven't caught anybody. Incompetent fuckers! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. so obviously they had been, something had disturbed them and they had like grabbed like a box of what they had and just fucked off, you know, what they could carry off a back fence and over. I helped you clean that house. I know what disturbed them. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> they, they went in the toilet. They had not found the dildos. <laughs> or oh. they went into the shower and found the one that's still stuck to the wall. <laughs> Why is it at mouth height? <laughs> Don't judge me in my life choices. Oh, my God. So these dirty fucking crackheads, you know, came into my house. And what they had done, was, it was, and it was so rude. Apart from the fact, you know, you're just violated. Like, it's just weirdos, yeah. crackheads touching all your stuff. What they had done is there was a box in every one of the rooms where they obviously, they had meticulously gone through and everything that they wanted to steal they were putting into the box for that room. Yeah. And then obviously their plan was they would then carry all of the boxes out. Just because you're a crackhead doesn't mean you're not organised. Yeah. yeah. Does this bring you joy? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so, oh, my God. By the way, pissed off because when they grabbed what they could grab and pissed off, they stole my custom Jim Beam Esky. Made, yeah. Wow. Bastards. Anyway. So, but in the in the kitchen area, like they'd ransacked the drawer that had like all the you know the pills in it, but it was just like you know hay fever pill and paracetamol yeah. and all that. But I also had the bench where it had all of my booze. Yeah, and over by the box with all the stuff to steal. Yeah, like they and I have a very hefty drink. So you've seen the drink. 
yeah. section. There's oh, a look, wide I, range. I don't want to raise it with you. It's slightly concerning. <laughs> I like a cocktail or two. That's fine. So, so there's all the booze. Okay, yeah. they've got everything. It's you know, it's the Jim Beam, the vodka. They've even gone so far as they've got the Maduri and the blue Caraco. The fucking Maduri. The Maduri. Okay, so we from. Let me list Sherlock Holmes this. Okay, crackheads can have girlfriends the, the, too. The you crackhead know. is at least forty. <laughs> <laughs> the creme de mal. Oh god. So they've got all of the booze, and I mean all of the booze. It's either in the box or next to the box, like you know, ready to be packed up and go. Yeah. They have stripped everything yeah. from this drink, even the like stainless steel cocktail shakers. They've stripped everything from the shelf. Except the two bottles of Malibu. Just sitting there on the shelf completely. So far, Fo, that they've actually reached in to get the bottle behind one of the bottles of Malibu. Wow. Bottles of Malibu. Now, apparently, that's how you find out if people are on crack or not. Just mix up a little Malibu and pineapple. Anyone who doesn't accept it. Crackhead, mate. Now you've just got a, a like a like a witch's circle of salt, but it's just Malibu bottles around your new house. <laughs> you just spin it. They just can't get in. Ah. <laughs> oh my god! So I, I, my friend was like, "You need to contact Malibu, and that can be like their new <sighs> ad campaign. Like, you know, buy it. Sure, it's expensive, but we guarantee no one will ever fucking steal Unstealable. it. Unstealable. This is the thing, though. They stole the Maduri. Mm. Don't they need the Malibu to make a, an illusion? <laughs> Have they gone home with only half of no, what they need? I, I think in this case you just add it to the crystal meth. Ah, uh, fair directly enough. Directly to the crystal meth. Let's pour it in there. It's going to look green. That's probably what they stole the Curacao for. Oh. So they could make fucking Walter White bathtub <laughs> meth. But I was just so offended. I felt like I had been completely judged yeah. by crackheads. You're crackheads. You're breaking into it. Like, you're stealing my, like, cold medicine. Fuck you. Like, you have the position to judge me and what I drink on a Saturday evening at home. I my uh, my drug dealer when I was 19 was a crackhead and he was a thief. Mm. And I remember going to his house. Oh, no. No, he was a proper piece of shit. He did mm. some time eventually. Mm. Uh, thankfully, that's not to disparage anyone who's done time. Doesn't necessarily mean you're a piece of shit. No, or, well, some you know? some people just had a complicated life. This guy was just a piece of shit. <laughs> he deserved to be locked up. A lot of people don't. A lot of people have gotten the wrong track. You're right, but this mm -hmm. dude was just a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I go around to his house and I'm just buying some weed. Yeah, and I'm a fucking student, so I've got no money. So I'm like, you sucked a dick. I'm like, minimum weed, please. <laughs> I'll have you. I'll have your Happy Meal version of minimum weed. <laughs> Right? Uh-huh. So I've gotten that and I've just said, like, because it hasn't fucking clicked yeah. in my mind. I'm sitting there, crackhead's house, like milk carton furniture, yeah. milk, like milk crates, all that sort of stuff, TV yeah. on milk crates. I look over and he's got this fucking collection. And I mean collection of piano accordions. <laughs> and I've just gone, why have you got all the accordions, man? He goes, oh, I'm selling them for a friend. like, <laughs> okay. He goes, you want one? <laughs> It's like, because you've got to stick around for the free bong uh -huh. that you have with your drug dealer. Uh -huh. It's like the bond. That's the longest free bong I ever had in my life. Just you, your crack dealer, and two accordions. More like five. <laughs> like you want, I've, got, I've got a range of colors. It's like, oh, so you're an accordion dealer. You're in a freelance accordion dealer. It's COVID. We've all had to branch out, yeah. take a second job. It turns out he'd fucking knocked over some poor old Italian dude's house. <laughs> And stolen all his accordions. And like this guy played in the local like Italian hall and stuff. It was fucked. Oh. But, but imagine you, going to jail. 
Yeah. And like, what'd you go to jail for? When the cops found him, he was hiding in his bedroom cupboard. In the audience? <laughs> no. But just imagine going to like, imagine going to prison. What are you in here for? Oh, fucking murder. What about you? Stole seven piano accordions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Bal Barry here. He's a fan of the arts. <laughs> Not too happy with you. <laughs> well, there's probably a whole bunch of fucking lads from the neighbourhood who were just like, that's fucking Uncle Roberto's shit. <laughs> Get, imagine getting stabbed in the showers because you stole someone's accordion. Oh, my God. I think Italian that's stick together, man. I think that, well, imagine being stabbed when it finds out you stole a girl's bottle of Maduri. Oh, yeah. Bastards. <laughs> oh, my. You know what is weird? Oh, my God. And it was like the most random things like this because it's obvious stuff. Like, yeah. You know, there's the stuff that just, like, just fucking makes you angry. Like, it was, like, my nana's wedding ring. Yeah. That, you know, was supposed to, because, you know, she wanted me if I ever got married. Ha! And give it to one of my cats. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. And you're like, that's more priceless than, do you know what I mean, the 10 bucks you're going to get at cashies. Yeah. You know? Um. Oh, my God, my dad's. Bowie knife, which he got as a 21st present, which he got from his granddad, which he got from his uncle, who came from Germany fleeing Nazis. So you know it was in his ass at some stage. <laughs> Things that he do to bring that knife out. Oh my God. But then there's just so, it's all that stuff. And you're just so fucking angry. But then there's like really random things. Like in my spare room, they stole my collection of 1970s glow mesh purses. Actually, I'd be pissed off about that. Yeah. I'm, I had such a collection. Like I've been collecting them like all my life. So I had like really like little fancy ones and the nightlife Studio 54. I was going to say, just in case you're going to line up, wind up doing some coke with Bowie and the. <laughs> And the New York Dolls. Exactly! Oh oh my God, there'd be nothing worse than like, can you imagine missing your opportunity to do coke with Bowie in a disco because you didn't have the right purse? Yeah. So they took like all of it and then it was just doing my head in because I'm like, there is some crackhead doing $5 (laughs) tricks on a highway right now with my 1970s clutch. Well, judge all you want, but according to, you know, free market thinking... Mm. And Ayn Rand, she deserves it because she's the one prepared to work. I fucking worked. <laughs> I worked the op shops for that. Oh my god, I worked the uh, yeah. deceits to state sales. Can we please do an episode on Ayn Rand? Ah, oh, you, you're not a you're not a fan. No, mm, no. Okay. If, if I find out that people have read Ayn Rand and thought it was good, I'm like, mm. Mm, there's something missing. Okay, well you know what? How, you could. How about we do one of those special weird inverted episodes where you can spruik me, Ayn Rand. Okay, done. See if you can get me on board. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) God, i got to read the fucking Fountainhead again. Great, okay. (laughs) I'm already regretting this. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you know what? It's so weird. Speaking of, of people whose life choices didn't work out the way that they you know, planned yeah. and ending up in weird careers. That's so weird because that kind of brings us to the topic of this week. Does it now? Oh, my Lord. What a coincidence. <laughs> what are the chances? Oh, this week we are talking about William Monday. William Monday? The Mad Shepherd of Yass. <laughs> 
Now, this is Y-A-S-S. Yes, not the 80s British. No, that was Yaz. Only way is up, baby. baby. Yaz and the plastic population. <laughs> Smash hits 88. I had it on record. Uh, what? I did on vinyl with poison. Oh, look at you. Ain't looking for nothing but a good time. How can I resist? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, can you believe that's what's going to finally get us shut down for copyright? Oh god, probably. Uh, <laughs> now, you've, now you've got to be the one. What are you in prison for? I, I, I sung nothing but a good time by Warren on my It was my poison. Warren did fucking cherry, oh, cherry pie. pie. Now, for people who, for most people who wouldn't know, Yas is a tiny town mm-hmm. in New South Wales. Yes. The only reason I know about it mm-hmm. is because every time I've driven to Canberra, our nation's capital, to do stand-up comedy. Drugs. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Although there's lots of drugs in Canberra. Yeah. Um, the only time, so I'm driving there mm. and there is a famous sign of oh. the local McDonald's. So, like, you know, you know, when you're driving outside of a town and it yeah. says, like, McDonald's, this many Ks, right? Mm-hmm. Every city. Every city has Every one. single city yeah. has one. Outside of Yas, they have the golden arches next to the name Yas. It just says, my ass. <laughs> Seven kilometres. <laughs> oh, Podcast good. over. How good's this show? It's mate? pretty fucking good. Oh, my God. Oh, I actually, I don't think we can. We should just shut it down. We can't compete with that. No, my ass. Oh, my God. We need to put a picture of that up. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Lord. Now, I we went into this episode because we've heard a lot recently about people who are quiet quitting, okay? Uh, which basically is people who are sick of being overused, underpaid and treated poorly by their employers, letting employers get their comeuppance by no longer providing their blood, sweat, effort or tears. So basically you just show up at work and do the bare possible minimum. Exactly. You just reward them paying you the bare minimum with your bare minimum. With your bare minimum. Yeah. Exactly. It's what they get. Yeah. Uh, this shepherd, however, <laughs> decided to go the other way and put in a lot of effort. As he hunted his employers down one by one, and served his own brand of remittance after he felt that they had shortchanged his pay. Right. He's a shepherd? In 1868. Ah, okay. Okay. In this week's episode of What the Flock? (laughs) Very good. Or Monday, bloody Monday. (laughs) Or... I don't like, I don't like, I don't like Monday. You just sang the song. Or. Okay. <laughs> just another manic Monday. Actually, that's very good. <laughs> oh. Okay, now William Monday was born in 1830 in Ireland. Okay. In the town. Of Tipperary, it's a long way to go. This is my ignorance. I didn't know that Tipperary was in Ireland. Oh, it's a long way. <laughs> very good. <laughs> he never knew his father. Right. Mm. <laughs> very Irish. And then his Irish Catholic mother died when he was very young. Oh, dear. Again, very Irish. Very Irish. But he was sent to live with an English woman 
of Protestant faith. Oh, dear. I'm sure that was a perfect match. This will end well. For everyone. If history has taught us anything, this will end well. This will end well. Yeah. (laughs) William Monday had his first run-in with the law at age 13. It's pretty late. Mm. For a petty offence. But sadly, it would not be his last and he would spend the next five years in and out of trouble. Well, more in than out. Okay. In 1848, at age 18, he was imprisoned at Pentonville Jail for larceny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did a little bit dabbling. A little dibble-dabble in the old larceny. A little bit. He left the Malibu. <laughs> Bastard. Take the Malibu. <sighs> Take the Midori. After, after one year, in 1949, William Monday and some other youths from oh, the prison okay. were released from jail... On the condition that they travel to Australia never to return to England. Wow. <laughs> Basically, we need some more cheap labour over yeah. there. That's your option. Either you stay in prison yeah. or you go to Australia. Yeah. They would have been fucking rough people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Career criminals just being told to fuck off to the Antipodes. Yeah. Do yeah. whatever the fuck you want. Just don't come the fuck back to England. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So him You're barred, mate, you're barred. <laughs> but again, it's the other thing. Like, you know, you sort of you have these like seventeen and eighteen year old, you know, lads who've had a little bit of trouble with a little bit of larceny. Yeah. And then you cram them in with hardened serial killing convicts for yeah. like how many months at sea. Yeah. Um and like, you know, murderers and rapists and and then get them off of like to shore and you're like, Yeah, 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 I'm sure this hasn't, you know, disturbed you in any way. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> sort yourself out. Yeah. There's there's a lot of history about the first fleet of British invasion being essentially nothing but a floating brothel. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he got on the boat, travelled yep. to Australia. He travelled to Australia and took up the trade of shoemaking. He was a cobbler. A cobbler. Uh, now here, William Monday kept mostly to himself and mostly out of trouble in West Maitland in Victoria. So good on him. He's okay. turned his life around, yep. started a new business, getting shit done, building a future. Yeah. So what what are we talking in terms of years here? Uh, this was so he came out in so nineteen forty nine was basically when they sent him over. So eighteen eighteen forty nine. Yeah, so so eighteen forty nine gets here starts. He might have been shoes. on the boat with my relatives. Oh, there you go. There you go. He might have cobbled their shoes. He might have. He might have gobbled their knobs. <laughs> well, you know, laces aren't free. They are not. <laughs> <sighs> now the thing is. William Monday was a very small man. Okay. Even when he finished growing, he didn't grow much further than five feet tall. Oh, wow. That's little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, never remember, he's a red-headed Irishman who's five foot tall. Yeah. Get that guy a drink. Unfortunately, it seems, he was commonly described by other people as a wee Oh, no. No. Oh, we'll leave the poor fella alone. (laughs) Which would send William Monday into a vicious rage. Okay. 
I guess it's one of those things you can only call someone a wee little leprechaun and you know they patted their his head while they do it. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> oh, they're after me lucky charms. <laughs> his colleagues soon found out if William Monday thought anyone was even hinting about his wee little size mm-hmm. or the little green folk at the other end of the rainbow, he would quickly pull out a knife. Oh. And flash it around to let anyone know that there was no gold at the end of this rainbow. <laughs> I mean, that conversation was fucking just very quickly turns. Just a slash of silver across your belly. Oh, I don't like troll too. Because <laughs> in my mind, I'm just picturing Sean Connery and the little folk. Oh, it, it escalated quickly. <laughs> I don't like this reboot of Willow. Yeah, well, Step tab. <laughs> oh Lord. So yeah, no no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Only a world of hurt. <laughs> William Monday would seemingly spend the next six years without major incident. Okay. It's good. I <laughs> he had to flash the knife a few times. People got the idea. Don't mention the leprechaun. Do you think he made himself like a pair of like Gene Simmons style boots? They were like massive platforms. As he just clomped around the Maitland muddied streets. Clomp, clomp. Looking like Mr. Tumnus. Just like, oh, look at that. Don't mention his shoes. Just don't fucking mention the shoes. But they're ridiculous. They're about don't mention them. It'll be the last thing you do. He's a stabricon, not a leprechaun. Here's your next bit of merch. <laughs> stabricon. Ah, fiddle dee dee, your organs. <laughs> I'll let you know why there's red in this rainbow. <laughs> That's a wound. That's a kill. That's a wound. That's a kill. As he just stretches your intestines across the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Do you look happy now, my laddie? Oh, twiddle de dee. Oh, my lord. So six years clumping around town with without... Well, you know, without anyone being seriously hurt. No. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. So that's, that's the important thing. I'd have trouble going to Maitland now and not stabbing someone. Yeah. So good yeah. on him. But I think we all know there's a difference between what happens and what people are charged with. Well, yes. So, you know. <laughs> In the February of 1855, William Monday spent a lazy Sunday sleeping in the sun outside his lodgings. Ah, lovely sunny day like today. Just chillaxing. A wee little man in the sun. I'm guessing someone's just walking past just going, it's a leprechaun asleep in the grass. Quick, move him, see if we can find some gold (laughs) under his wee little ass. Stab, stab, stab. Like waking a cat. (laughs) Yeah, it's at your own peril, mate. Oh, my Lord. Well... So he lay there, his wee little hat sheltering his eyes from the sun. Oh, dear. My mind had a big gold buckle on it. <laughs> Out of nowhere, a small child appeared and yelled, That's my uncle's hat! What? That's my uncle's hat? That's my uncle's hat! 
Okay. At William Monday. This is how it always starts. I mean, apart from the fact, you know, that everybody wore the same fucking hat <laughs> yeah. in 1859. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So, my ankle's hat. Which he was yelling at William Monday and snatched the hat from his head. Oh, that's brazen. <laughs> Even not like laying down. I'm sure she could reach it. Yeah. William Monday snatched the hat back and the girl ran away. There might have been an expletive in there. Yeah, I think so. This is a very strange story. I think a lot has been left out. <laughs> oh, just you wait. Okay. Monday returned inside to his room in the lodgings. Okay. So, you know, usual story. It happens today. You just rent a room in a house. Yeah, passed out outside a backpacker. A child tried to steal my hat. Yeah, exactly. Taylor's orders time. <laughs> I stole my hat back and went back inside to my backpacking hostel. Can't wait till the Disney version of this. Yeah. Oh, not far away, a labourer called Patrick Henry woke up in a paddock. Right. Was he missing a hat? He had passed out the night before after a hard night's drinking and fighting. <laughs> Australia, Australia. <laughs> it's our favourite pastime. As he sang a folk song of his people, $25 and a six pack to my name. <laughs> six pack. <laughs> Patrick managed to finally find his feet and staggered back to his mother's house. Oh, God, he still lived at home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Less money on the tipple, more money on, like, a deposit, mate. Yeah, <laughs> deposit for a mud hut. It's not that much. Yeah, fucking times have not changed. She's just like, when the fuck will you move out? Walks through his mum's front door whistling his favourite tune. Take out your fucking retainer, put it in your purse. Too drunk to fuck. I'm too drunk to fuck. <laughs> As he walked through the door, his niece told him, A man's got your hat! <laughs> if I had a massive night on the piss and I woke up going, blackout drunk, and my, some child said, A man's got your hat? I'd be like, I'm fucking leaving this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving this alone. Be like, what the fuck did I do last yeah. night? Oh, fuck. Oh, I knew I felt a bit sore. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh. I mean, I always thought what happened in the panic stayed in the panic. But... <laughs> Apparently not. Ooh. So, <laughs> Patrick Henry exclaimed loudly, amongst other things, that he would, <laughs> quote, Bloody thief! Bloody hell. Like, dude, you've just come home, you've had a rough <laughs> night, okay? Like, uh. this, is, this is like the worst version of Peter Rabbit. Where's your hat? <laughs> it's in Mr. McGregor's garden. I lost it while stealing potatoes. No, go home and remember that the two of you were in the paddock. <laughs> <laughs> just reliving the fucking best times of the first fleet. That's what you were doing. And your hat was willingly traded. <laughs> to a wee little leprechaun. <laughs> For a good time, dial one. He blew a happy tune on your little flute. It made you so happy. Played you like a gum leaf. <laughs> Told me Blinky Bill. So he set off to fix the bloody thief. <laughs> I love the hyperbole of old timey. Mm. <laughs> That's my uncle's hat. I shall fix the cat. <laughs> 
Henry stormed over to William Monday's lodgings and began banging on the door to his room. Right. William Monday opened the door a little. And then when he saw the giant angry man on the other (laughs) side, attempted to close it. (laughs) But Henry, who was about five times the size of William Monday, quickly pushed his way into Monday's room. Oh, dear. Eyewitness said they heard nothing. There was no shouting, no banging. They simply saw Patrick Henry back out of the room and backwards down the hallway and then doubled over onto the path out the front of the house as if in pain. Right. He began groaning in agony. Henry's mother rushed to her son, who quickly died. Oh. He quickly bled out from a large knife wound in his stomach. Uh, you can't say you weren't warned. You shouldn't have yelled. I started off with, you little fucking leprechaun. Oh, kill Bill. <laughs> Imagine being stabbed to death by a fucking five foot tall dude with gigantic kiss boots. I'm just thinking, just replace. And your hat. Replace Uma Thurman. <laughs> with a leprechaun <laughs> in a hat. <laughs> No, him on his little pipe. (laughs) Oi, come out, cunt. We've got business. Oh, don't make him angry. (laughs) Oh, you have a a Tory Hansel's butter knife. (laughs) You must have very big rats. I'm I'm quite impressed with my Sonny Chiba impression there. I'm just, I'm just... I'm just moving away so I don't get cancelled as well. Oh, please. You're the one who's always doing accents. The uh, white people, it's yeah, allowed. Why, I, I didn't do the Japanese. Oh, oh now I have. <laughs> Fuck. I can make leprechaun jokes because I'm Irish, but I can't go. Oh. oh, one day a year, everybody's Irish. <laughs> or they got a little Irish in them. Uh, oh, would you like some? <laughs> As England says, yes. <laughs> oh, where were we? Oh, that's right. Henry died. <laughs> <laughs> Stomach wound. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Henry's mother, she had rushed to her son and he died in her arms. Henry's mother looked up and saw William Monday quietly and without fuss. Closing the lodging door to the street. (laughs) I'm kind of on his side. (laughs) How cool is that, though? It's pretty cool. Oh, stab, 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 stab. (laughs) Back to my nap. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was cool for the next five minutes. But then Patrick... Word got out, Patrick Henry was dead and William Monday was taken into custody by the police. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened to the hat. <laughs> Originally charged... It's like, oh, he's got your hat. He's got your fucking life now as he well. He does, yeah. Originally charged with murder. Yeah. Monday's defence argued that Monday was just a wee, small, quiet man. Look at this little leprechaun. Stab, stab. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 
fucking <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Prosecution He's at it again Your honour He's fucking <laughs> at it again It's in my nature <laughs> oh, His defence argued That Monday was a small Quiet man Who had been forced To defend himself Against a drunken brute The charge was dropped To manslaughter Yeah You yeah. know he went kicking in the little leprechaun's little house. He did, yeah. You know, just... <laughs> Into his hobbit hole. <laughs> what happens in the habit hole stays in the hobbit hole. So, Monday escaped the hangman's noose, but was sentenced to serve 15 years back in jail. Oh. The first three were to be served in irons. Oh, my God. Do you want to explain to our overseas listeners, like in well, irons? Clap someone in irons. They're they're wearing manacles. They've got arm. They got handcuffs and ankle irons. Mm, like twenty four seven. Fuck that. The old slow <laughs> ball and chain thing. Yeah, yeah. For three years. Wow. You, everyone would hear you jerk off. Oh, my <laughs> it sound like Santa Claus is on the roof. <laughs> oh. ching, 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 ching. Christmas is coming. Well, it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just once a year. Oh, jingle bells, bells jingle bells. Oh. <laughs> oh dear Santa, for Christmas I'd like a new pair of socks. <laughs> well, just one, really. <laughs> well, I could rotate it, pretend it's a mother and daughter. Oh, Jesus. You're from <laughs> fucking Broken Hill, aren't you? William Monday was sent to Cockatoo Penal Colony. Cockatoo. But they've seen a cockatoo at the penal colony, eh? Hey, hey, hey. There's ostentatious releasing a record. Oh, cockatoo <laughs> Island Penal. Do you like a game of eucalyptus? Bet she's seen a cockatoo. Number one on the Australian charts for 17 You've got to let it go, John. Let it go. I can't. We've got to do a whole episode on ostentatious. Oh, you do an episode on ostentatious. Okay. I'm not turning I'll up for do that episode. I'll do Forrest Gump style at a bus stop to anyone who will listen. <laughs> My mama said that Sandy Goodman was never really a good comedian. He just happened to buy a really good song from uh, the guy that did The 12th Man. You know what? If we ever get around to starting up our Patreon, I think we should have like a specific tier, which is just exclusive. Then if they pay the extra dollar like a month, they can come and sit and like sit on a bus stop with you. I'll just Forrest Gump them. (laughs) Yes. And you were just crazy, man. (laughs) Complain about your life, kids, chocolate, buses. We might be the first horror podcast that ends up being the subject of a horror podcast. (laughs) Oh my god, your ghost is just going to come back haunting bus stops. (laughs) Oh. Oh my god, let me tell you about unsuccessful 1980s Australian comedy. (laughs) Oh lord. He inspired George Smilovici to release I'm Tough. Oh god, alright, I'm getting back to Cockatoo Island. Okay, so he's gone to Cockatoo Penal. Yeah. He was reported to be a model prisoner. And was given a ticket to leave after only nine years. A mere nine years. Three of which were in irons. Fuck. <sighs> Do you think you'd be a little bit bitter by this stage? Just a touch. Just, just a, little, a little narky with life. He would have looked like Carrot Top. <laughs> when Carrot Top did his working out. Like when Carrot Top got super shredded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, oh my God, look at that roided up fucking 
leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I did not need to picture that. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, basically a ticket of live, a ticket of leave prisoner was someone who was allowed to leave the prison and work for themselves, but on the condition that they went to an area specified by the court. So, basically, you know, if they had somewhere they couldn't fill jobs, you know, in an abattoir in Tasmania, (laughs) that's where you'd have to go. Back to Maitland to pick fruit. Yeah. (laughs) Just like they're doing now. Just the shittiest jobs no one wanted to be. You know, stand-up comic in Victoria. Like, just no one else wanted to touch it. Um, So you'd go to the area and you had to live and work in that area. Yeah. Those were the conditions. Oh, you also, you had to regularly report to the authorities. And you know what else you had to do? Uh, Hand over most of your income? No, you got to keep your money. Okay. Uh, i got no idea. Communists. You had to attend church. Oh, fuck. I'd rather hand my money over. On Sundays. God damn it. Your one day to rest. Fuck that. (sighs) Fuck that in the ear. (laughs) I think that's what got a lot of people into prison. Yeah. William Monday was sent to Yass in New South Wales, where he found work as a shepherd. There you go. Because that's what they needed. They needed shepherds. Nobody wanted to be a fucking shepherd. And yes. They hadn't invented the Marema sheepdog yet. Oh, yeah. How bad is that your job? Oh, they hadn't invented a dog yet. <laughs> Imagine putting a, getting put out of work by a dog. <laughs> they took our dogs and so, our jobs. Fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Before, I, now I just picture, like, before dogs were invented, there was just a guy on a leash just walking around a blind guy. He was just on all fours. Oh, oh you, can, you can go into the crosswalk now, laddie. Just seeing someone fucking with a guide dog just yelling, Scab! <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. So he was in a dying industry. Uh, uh, now, uh, for reasons that are not recorded, yeah. William Monday was fired from his first position as a shepherd. And then... <laughs> don't, Come on, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> do, they keep, do they call me Jimmy the Boat Builder? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> to make matters worse, would he be tall enough to reach a sheep? If he's still got those platform shoes. <laughs> I was made for loving you. <laughs> you uh, were made for loving sheep. <laughs> oh my God. Seriously, this is, the, the musical is writing itself. 100%. If a children's theatre is not doing this by Christmas, oh. I'm going to be devastated. Oh. oh Lord! So, so the, the, just quickly, there's there's one or two explanations. Mm-hmm. He's tried to make one his wife, or he's lived up to the great Australian poem and he's he's nicked one and he's eaten it. Well, to make matters worse, he was only paid half the amount of money that was owed to him. Ah, oh, he is a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First, the prosecution. And now this. Yeah, this is a bit bullshit. Something snapped inside William Monday. William Monday made a commitment <laughs> to never allow an employer to cheat him or others again. 
He's, he's the real-life version of Scatterbrains, Don't Call Me Dude. As the crowd begins to rally behind him. Slowly, dude. Step by step. William Monday was hired as a shepherd by another employer. Okay, yep. So, I don't think he was fucking the sheep. Surely word would have got around. But if they? he was They're a sheep probably fucker. probably all fucking the sheep. <sighs> probably. William Monday aired a grievance that he felt the weekly provisions provided to him were less than the other shepherds were getting. So he decided to keep an eye on that. Fair. William Monday became convinced that his employer would again attempt to rip him off when it came time to settle up. So I guess, you know, it was like you look after the sheep until they're big enough to be like, you know, shorn or slaughtered. Yeah. So William Monday let it be known his employers would be sorry if they ripped him off. (laughs) But much to his surprise, William Monday was in fact paid everything he was owed. There you go. And William Monday moved on without incident. I think this is, we should play this to uh, a lot of businesses. Yeah. Yeah, you know, oh, well, look, you know what? He did a job. You paid him exactly what he wanted. He got his fair wages. He moved on. He was happy. Nobody died. Solidarity forever. Ah. You know what else likes a bit of solidarity? Your fucking skin. (laughs) When it's not leaking, thanks to cupping a leprechaun's knife. (laughs) Damn straight. I love the idea of him like going, you better pay me, and then storming off with his twinking fucking ding, Gene ding, Simmons ding, boots. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, you've made the little fella angry. <laughs> In 1867, William Monday went to Conroy's Gap Farm. Conroy's Gap. Ominous. Very. Name. Yeah. You know what has a gap in it? <laughs> Your family. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, dear. And he agreed to work as one of four shepherds for John and Bridget Conroy. John and Bridget <coughs> had a reputation for being harsh taskmasters. You've got to remember back in these days as well that these farmers were fucking brutal. Because, mm. you know, we're still in the middle of, you know, what they referred to as fucking frontier wars. But, they, you know, it was an ongoing invasion and dispossession of Aboriginal people. Yeah, Absolutely. There are massacres happening at this time. Yeah. Like, people are fucking dying. Yeah, yeah. Like, Aboriginal people would show up on, you know, to land that they've travelled through, you know, for, like, thousands of years, and they'd be like, ew, bang. Yeah. They didn't throw rocks at these people. They fucking shot them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love it. It's they Being harsh taskmasters, this bit was taken, um, like, a record of the event as told by a member of the Conroy family. Oh, like, okay. Years. So, in other words... Cunts. Yeah. Harsh taskmasters. Yeah. Cunts, mate. Yeah. That's what you mean. Yeah. Cunts. Amateur historians have never been really good with that kind of stuff, have yeah. they? Oh, they lived a hard life. Here's our little exhibit that we've got. It's like an old bellows <laughs> and a wheel. Yeah. So, yeah. No. And there's the rock where we killed 40 Aboriginal people. Yeah. So they just, you know, a bunch of cunts sitting around doing some cunty stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Con- Conroy's cunts. <laughs> Which, uh, so yes, they were known as being cunts. So it convinced William Monday that they were likely to try and take advantage of his quiet, good nature. It was a, it was a different time when this guy has a quiet, good nature. Yeah, he could see what was coming. He could see what was on the cards. He could. You know, he's well, you and I. Well, leprechauns do have magic powers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> William Monday continued his shepherding for the next four years. Yep, okay. It is said that as time went on, William Monday cared less and less for personal hygiene. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the other thing is, you're sleeping rough. Yeah, exactly. Looking after the, the sheep, you know, pooping in the wilderness. Yeah. yeah. It's no laundromat. Yeah. Your yeah. Sunday is sent in church. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was my wash day. Yeah. Either I wash or I go to church. You choose. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just imagine when he'd go to church, they would use him. They would just, like, wrap him up in a swaddle and just use him as baby Jesus oh. <laughs> in the displays. <laughs> At Christmas time, fucking, I'll get every one of you <laughs> bastards. As he robs the three wise men at knife point. <laughs> they just put one of those little, like, pacifiers into his mouth. I'll fucking get you all with your... Ooh. <laughs> so he cared less and less for personal hygiene. Summer or winter, he wore only the same pair of moleskin pants. Yum. Now, because when I read it, when it said moleskin pants, they're literally talking about pants made out of moles, aren't they? No, it's leather. It's it's like a it's like a kind of um, like a suede. Oh. Yeah. So very prone to absorbing bodily fluids. Oh, see, in my mind, he was just wearing... There was just these furry pants with these little mole faces oh, on no. it. Just like, Mrr! and I'm like, oh, that's just horrible. <laughs> like a biblically accurate angel. <laughs> just, I'm just like, oh. Hey, okay. I, I'm going to Google it to make sure that I'm not just talking shit here. And that- it's not actual mole. If, there's, if there is someone just wearing 160 moles. <laughs> They're a tiny animal. That's why I'm saying. That's Imagine. why it's so cruel. You need 160, even for his wee little body. That's a lot of moles. Imagine that version of fucking Cruella de Vil. 101 moles. <laughs> I'm wearing lots of moles. Uh, okay, well, apparently you can still get moleskin pants from RM Williams Australia. Yeah, but what is? are they made from moles? Just Google what are moleskin pants made of. I'm trying. My thing is, oh my god, this this is the thing. This shit's now fashionable. Uh, Those pants are 400 bucks. What? Yeah. Oh my god, fucking. Who knew there was so much money in shepherding? 400 dollar pants. Okay, I'm extremely wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So moleskin is a durable, densely woven material made of pure cotton. Oh. There you go. Not to be. Not to be. Confused with the Italian paper and journal manufacturer Moleskina. Okay. So there you go. Then why are they called Moleskin? If they're I got no cotton. idea. Maybe maybe they reminded them of the the soft yet durable, <laughs> soft yet durable hide of the humble English mole, <laughs> which I imagine would have been like the, one of the first names for condom. Oh. <laughs> oh, this little blind badger's gonna go for a dig. Oh, my God. No, the first original name for the condom was... What was your grandma's name again? <laughs> Fish skin. That woman was on more dicks than a moleskin. I have seen porn from the 1920s. They did call them fishskins. Ew. Yeah. That's not sexy. Not in the least. I mean, neither is moleskin, but... <laughs> no. Oh, Okay. There you are. There's your contraceptive because you'd pull up with a little mole on you and everyone's oh, like, no, I got a headache oh. actually. <laughs> not in the mood it's for like it. like Shrek, you know, where he fucking blows up the fish and turns, blows up the toad and turns it into a balloon. Yeah, no one's in the mood after that. <laughs> just guts a mole and sticks it on like a fucking golf club warmer. Oh, it's looking at me, Gary. <laughs> it's looking at me. Oh, 
as he turns a small fucking rodent into a flashlight. Oh, my God. That's why they all had 18 kids, because no one <laughs> wanted to wear the mole skin. Especially like the hygiene in those days, the mole would probably reach out and try and stop itself yeah. from going in. Ah! No! Like a cat at the door at the vet. No! Oh, my Lord. Well, yeah, well, he's wearing a pair of $400 pants. What yeah. are they complaining about? He's got his good pants on. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> so, summer or winter, it didn't matter. He just wore the one pair of pants. Yeah. And when it grew cold, he would he'd, he'd throw a sack over his shoulders. So, when it was cold, he just put on a sack. He just put on a sack. Like he was cosplaying fucking the good, the bad, and the ugly. and didn't have a poncho. <laughs> Wow. Just pop on it. There you go. Bam. <laughs> Better put on my warmness sack. Oh, my God. It's like we see those people where it starts raining, so they just put a plastic bag on their head. Yeah. Like and you're it- like, oh, it's Darwinian, mate. Darwinian. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So he's just getting around in his mole pants <laughs> and, uh, and his sack. Yeah. All right. <laughs> then sheep started going missing from the flock. He's gone all waltzing Matilda on him. William? So, uh, yeah, just from the, the flock that he was shepherding. So, he was fined by the farm owners for every sheep that went missing. Right. It's like that shit when we're doing, like, you know, the like those guys in charge of the lighthouse. Like a bit of rock, you know, a bit of rope blows off the island. Suddenly it's coming out of their pay. Fuck you, capitalism. Yeah. Oh, my God. So if a sheep went missing, it came out of his pay. Yeah. Was he standing there literally chewing on a rib and, like, <laughs> picking bits out of his teeth? Going, I don't know where it went. The big dingoes out here. Man. Yeah. Well, no. William Monday grew convinced that the owner's son was yeah. coming and pinching the sheep. Duffing his own cattle. Mm-hmm. Duffing his well, own his sheep. Well, his own parents' sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Because the son lived in his own little hut, starting his own little farm, ah. you know, just off the, you know, the parents' farm. Yeah. <sighs> now, on what I think was a completely separate note. Yeah. But the Conroy family in other generations have tried to make it a part of the story. Yeah. Although I think this is completely unrelated and had nothing to do with William Monday at all. Yeah. Um, they claimed that Bridget Conroy, so that's the wife, yeah, <coughs> had invited a young burly man to come live in the main house with her husband. Oh. Because <coughs> his name was James Smith. Oh, James Smith. He would be sleeping in the bedroom with Mr. Conroy. He'd be working as a security guard. Bridget Conroy slept in a detached hut about 40 metres away from the main house. Now, let's not judge. Just Mr. Conroy and his young buff. Gentleman, yeah, which they claimed was there for security. Well, 
security in his own identity, maybe. <laughs> Just like securing that Mrs. Conroy's pussy never got near Mr. Conroy. Yeah. Yeah. God, imagine being a beard in the 1850s. That would suck. <laughs> well, you know what? At least she, like, she got her own little hut, you know? Yeah. Like, just, oh, property rights. Yeah, exactly. But not even like she got her own room. No, bitch. You're in a hut out the back. <laughs> like when it would rain, she'd have to trek. <laughs> fucking. Goes into her little hut and looks over at the main house with the fucking candlelight on and all she can hear from the distance is, you. I'm going to take you to a gay bar. A gay bar. <laughs> I got something oh to my... put in you. I guarantee they had better curtains than she did. <laughs> uh, Their moleskins were clean as a whistle. Woo! <clears throat> They'd be the only people in frontier Victoria with small fucking designer rescue dogs. <laughs> That's why they need shepherds. That's why they need shepherds and have real dogs. <laughs> These teacup Yorkies are useless. (laughs) (laughs) It was a different time. Oh, my God. Oh, the gay Mardi Gras is just them. (laughs) I'm going as... their sheep through town. (laughs) I'm going as Priscilla. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. But I love the way that, you know, the family is just trying... Oh, no, it was was security (laughs) and safety. He was a bodyguard. Oh, honey, no, he wasn't. <laughs> and uh, aye, aye. <laughs> he was that kind of bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love it when people just look back at their family and you're just like, yeah, no, they didn't put the pieces together. Yeah, you're just like, oh, but they were married. Yeah, so was Elton John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh lord. <sighs> So, yeah, she lived 40 metres away from Mr. Conroy and Mr. Smith. Okay. <sighs> I'm glad they found love, though. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. A bit more frontier homosexuality with this country would have been a different place. Oh, wouldn't it, though? Oh, my God. Our architecture would be a lot more oh, aesthetically pleasing. I it would. Oh, my God. How would they get vintage kitchen canisters, though, when they lived in the future? <laughs> They'd be fucked. There's no antiques out here. At least we know why everyone on this planet was wearing on this bloody property was wearing designer four hundred dollar R. <laughs> Williams moleskin pants. They're looking up at our friend Mr. Monday just going, look at his boots. Oh the heels on those. Oh my god, excellent. Oh Lord. So payday finally came on the property. Ah. And William Monday claims that for the last six months of work, the Conroys only paid him one gold sovereign. Wow. For six months' work. That's fucked up. That's like, what, 20 bucks? That's not much. Yeah, for six months of work. Okay, yeah, you figure out what that was. Yeah. So that was 1879, one gold sovereign. Okay, it's my this, my phone that runs on eighteen seventy nine time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because for six months. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. Okay, so one gold so so someone's clearly been through this now. Okay. So in eighteen seventy nine, uh-huh. Uh a gold sovereign mm-hmm. was the equivalent 
of about $585 Australian today. Wow. Okay. So, wow. Wow. For six months. Yeah. That's, wow. What? Oh, my God. That's fucking terrible. So, about $95 a month. That, yeah. Wow. That's just fucking terrible. Yeah. $25 a week. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. $22 a week. Oh, my God. So, yeah. He might have been a little bit moofed. A little bit. You know, like, oh, my God. Can you imagine William Monday working at Amazon today? Ooh. Oh. <clears throat> no wonder he wore the same pants every day. William Monday secured himself a pair of shears and a short-handled axe. On the Tuesday night of March 17th, 1869, William Monday entered the Conroy farmhouse. I've just got to say, mm-hmm. if you're about to exact vengeance on people, mm-hmm. that's a fucking badass choice. Shears and an axe. And it's, like a sh- and it's a sheep farm as well. So yeah. It's, yeah. Those shears are sharp as fuck. Yeah. So he went into the first room, which was the kitchen area where one of the shepherds was sleeping, basically yeah. in front of the fire. Cats hadn't been invented. <laughs> Or someone still had to play them, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's what the gay guy was. He just really wanted a cat and they hadn't been invented yet. (laughs) Either way, he was just sitting on Mr. Conroy's lap getting stroked either way. (laughs) Same job, different title. Oh, yeah. Uh, (sighs) So the shepherd lay in front of the fire. William Monday plunged the shears into the man's stomach. Oh, then, as he groaned, brought the axe down to his head. Fuck! Killed him. Like that. Over. Wow. Mr. Conroy's guest had presumably heard something. You'd think. Ventured into the corridor. But William Monday was waiting. Let's just say the security guard failed at his one job. Oh, it's the, like, the security guard, like, when I said, like, he was a big, buff dude. Yeah. Like, Mr. Conroy liked to feel extra safe. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. But William Monday was waiting. He thrust the shears into the man's stomach. And then when the man fell to the floor, William Monday brought the axe down. This noise drove Mr. Conroy to rush into the hallway. William Monday drove the shears into his stomach, then brought the axe repeatedly down on his head and neck. Jesus. It had basically just taken him only a few minutes, and he'd killed the bull. Wow. Next, Mrs. Conroy came into the house and was dispatched in exactly the same manner. Holy shit. So he'd killed everybody. He'd killed everybody. Four people in less than probably about four minutes. He's small but efficient. Yeah. So William Monday, well, what do I do with my time now? Oh, I kind of, I kind of peaked too early. <laughs> so William Monday sat down in a chair by the fire and prepared a pipe. And smoked for a little while uh-huh. until the following morning... When the other shepherd, William Roberts, came into the house for breakfast. 
as he walked into the door, William Monday killed him in exactly the same manner. Wow. Shears into the stomach, axe to the head. Then William Monday arranged the bodies. Okay. He lay Bridget and John Conroy next to each other and covered them with a mattress and then lay the bodies of the other three men on top of the mattress face down as if he was uh, making a little mound, a little pyre. little death sandwich. Mm-hmm. William Monday then took a seat and waited for the Conroy's adult son to arrive. Holy fuck. For his breakfast. What a dead-eyed psycho. The one who'd been stealing the sheep. The plan was he was going to kill the son and pop him on the very top of the pile. William waited. And waited. Oh, no. But the son never arrived. So William Monday grew impatient and angrily he got fed up with waiting. William Monday then dressed in Jack Conroy's best shirt and pants. Nice. Picked up a pair of boots and set off into town. (laughs) (laughs) William Monday walked into the nearby town of Binalong where he was spotted by the local policeman. He was somewhat surprised because he'd only ever seen William Monday in the same pair of pants, occasionally a sack. Yeah. And here he was. Turned out. Yeah, turned out. So he walked over to William Monday and asked him, Where's Mr. Conroy? William Monday did not hesitate. He's on the heap. (laughs) Oh, fuck. What about Mrs. Conroy? Oh, she's on the heap too. I'm going to burn them later on and clean the mess up a bit. But don't worry about them, Constable. They're only scruff. Better wiped off the face of the earth. Okay. That's good. You know, we should be, you know, don't hold it in is what he's saying. Don't hold it in. You know, let it out. The truth will set you free. William Monday was taken into custody. And where he was more than happy to discuss his outrage. Fair enough. With the police. Apparently branding the sovereign... Okay, in his hand. Look at what they gave me. A lousy sovereign. I would kill them again if I could. I got Conroy because he robbed me of my wages. As for that wife of his, the worst damn cook in the world she was. Fuck. That's rough. I mean, maybe leave a bad Yelp review. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Instead of leaving her yelping. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? She'd already been forced to live in the wood in a hut because her husband couldn't come out as gay. Like, she was already living, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. oh. But why kill his fellow shepherds? Yeah, why kill rough. your fellow workmen? Well, ah. William Monday believed that those gentlemen had cheated him at cards. <laughs> Fuck, man. Double dealers. Ah, of course. Word. It was later revealed Michael Conroy, the Conroy's son, he slept in his own hut, you know, in his own, you know, property. Yeah. Now, he had only missed out on his grisly end because for some unknown reason, that was the one, and I have a feeling the only, morning he slept in and missed his own funeral. 
Oh, wow. At around 10 a.m., as William Monday was speaking to the policeman, 16-year-old William Monday would enter the Conroy farmhouse and find his parents and the shepherds all stacked in a pile. Fuck. Three weeks later, William Monday was put on trail for murder. His lawyer made an hour-long speech claiming that his client was not guilty due to insanity, declaring, What man could commit these bloody crimes and not be insane? (laughs) Solid (laughs) defence. At this point, William Monday interrupted... (sighs) his lawyer, to say, yes, yes, I'm mad. I didn't think to tell you that before, but I'm mad, all right. That's a very good point, Mr. Daly. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Then later, William Monday got angry at his lawyer for claiming that he was mad. (laughs) He's doing a solid fucking job now. But regardless... Yeah. Basically, the law was of the day. It didn't matter how batshit crazy you were. If you confessed that you knew there would be an outcome, basically, like there'd be consequences to your actions, then you were deemed as sane. Yeah. No matter how many voices spoke to you. Yeah. Or how many, you know, (laughs) dolphins you saw skipping along the street. Yeah. So William Mundy was sentenced to hang. And on June the 2nd, 1868, William Mundy was brought to the noose man. William Monday asked, what's this for? (laughs) William was told it was for the murders at Conroy's Gap, to which he replied, but that was done by another fellow and he was hanged for it long ago. (laughs) Fuck, he's cooked. And William Monday was hung. Until he was dead. There you go. Stretched him out. <laughs> they stretched out that Monday. <laughs> Monday, bloody Monday. And thus ends the tale to all employers. Yeah. To not dock your workers' wages. Yeah. Um, the story of William Monday, Mad Shepherd of Yes. There you go. Maybe Jeff Bezos needs to hear about this. <laughs> Oh, my God, yes, someone sent him an episode. But it was bizarre because it was like all of the newspapers at the time, all they, it was almost like the thing that they couldn't get past was the fact that such a little man yeah. had killed, like, um, so many people and so quickly, including a giant man. It's also, it was almost like they were kind of writing it up and they were like, oh, my God, it's shocking. But kind of impressive yeah you know it's like the way they sort of describe it yeah they're kind of like oh but like who would think this (laughs) tiny little man (laughs) he's so he's been paid one gold sovereign in six months he's clearly not had a thing to drink in that whole time he's the one sober person in the whole colony yeah everyone else is living on mutton (laughs) they're permanently (laughs) shit-faced oh my god of course he's managed to stab him to death yeah yeah, they, 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 they paid him one sovereign for like six months and they're like, oh my God, I wonder what made him snap. Yeah. I wonder what pushed him over the limit. <sighs> minimum wage, minimum life. Did I mention that 
you know, work fucked me over and made me go down a whole pay grade. Uh, they did, yeah. Just saying. That's how the shit starts. Well, maybe we should start a Patreon so that you don't stab everyone. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> well, that's the $5 level on Patreon. Let, let Liz stab her employers. <laughs> yeah, woo! Get the attorney money. Oh, my God. But no, that, again, you know what? Join your fucking unions. You've got a union to go to when they try to underpay you and then break that shit down. Yeah. Yeah. Failing that, get yourself some shears and a short-handled axe. Burn that motherfucking place to the ground. Exactly. You know, but... (laughs) And you know what? If two grown men want to live their best life in a hut, okay, on a sheep farm, let them live their best life. Yeah. Let them live their best life. Don't make them live in the shadows. They just become... That's why poor Mr. Conroy was so hard and grumbled. He couldn't be free. (laughs) He couldn't be free. And he only paid a gold sovereign because they'd wasted all their money on antiques. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Australia. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was an interesting time. It was. Yeah, but everyone's so... You know, just just pay people who work for you their fa- their fair wages, and maybe sometimes ask your shepherd if they're doing okay. Yeah, and maybe offer to buy them a shirt if they're wearing a sack. Um, maybe reach out and just, are you okay, man? Are you okay? The CEO sleep out back then would have just been like, oh, I'm going to sleep outside with the shepherd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe next year. Oh, my God. But on that note, you know what? Don't marry a shepherd. Marry a mothman. Because real mothmen eat the carpet. And there's no knowing necrophilia. So many no's. (laughs) 